turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Once again, a good thing it wasn't anthrax or fentanyl or a hand grenade. Um, as you know, it was only cocaine that was uh, found somewhere in the White House last week. And today the Secret Service announced that they don't have any fingerprints. They don't know who left it there. The Secret Service held a classified briefing today to tell members of Congress what they found, which apparently is nothing. Um, the Secret Service did admit that the key to locker number 50, where the cocaine was found, is missing. Now, I guess there are 182 lockers in that foyer where they uh, found this cocaine. And according to the Secret Service, quote, um, we do not know how many were tourists, individual citizens, or staffers, and they currently are not looking any further into those more than 500 people who entered that foyer of the West Wing during that weekend. So 500 people or more came through there. Uh, this was only cocaine. There's a decent chance that Hunter, who uh, basically lives at the White House, toots up every day after lunch. But again, what if it had been something that could, you know, kill people like anthrax or fentanyl? Now, you can kill people with the amount of fentanyl that it would take to cover the uh, fingernail on your pinky finger, or less, actually, than that. There are no cameras in that area for some reason, despite the fact that it has, it has a lot of tourist traffic. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I think maybe if you're going to have cameras where there are idiots coming in off the street, might be a good place to have them, you know, turned on. I don't know. It's just me. Um so if you so this would seem like a, uh, a a pretty good advertisement for a terrorist who might have some interest in killing people in the White House. You know, if you want to spread a deadly substance around, just sign up for a White House tour. So are you buying any of this? I'm not. If for no other reason than just believing that it, this is all now after it's uh, been investigated, just the Secret Service not wanting to be embarrassed. It is kind of embarrassing. It'll be interesting to see how the usual suspects in the media uh, accept this and how quickly they move on, expect it to be very quickly. And just imagine the difference in the coverage from the beginning. If this were the Trump White House, their hair would be on fire, would have been on fire from day one. It would really be on fire today. I'm guessing it's not going to get a whole lot of attention now. Anyway, when we come back, John Kerry testified in front of Congress today, and he said, among other things, that since 1988, Things that you and I take for granted have been destroying the planet. I don't know. Maybe that would be a gas stove. One of those? I don't know. I don't know what the significance of 1988 is, but maybe H. Sterling Burnett of Heartland Institute can figure it out and let us know. And in our second half hour, a look at how Governor Josh Shapiro has proven that the teachers' unions are still controlling Democrats as much as they ever have. Stick around. Stick around. 
How was your drive to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does J&D Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And J&D Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. He found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy, don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Mike Lindell has an amazing offer for my listeners on his Giza Elegance My Pillows. You'll receive a Giza Elegance My Pillow for as low as nineteen ninety eight. Regular price is sixty nine ninety eight. This My Pillow comes in four levels of support. You'll also receive deep discounts on all My Pillow products, such as My Pillow towels, mattress topper, My Slippers, and so much more. This is John Steigerwald. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the Giza Elegance My Pillow for as low as nineteen ninety eight, or call eight hundred seven one six eight zero eight seven and use promo code STAG. This offer comes with a ten year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a sixty day money back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep. We not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his Giza Elegance MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. 
This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I'm not sure if John Kerry rode his bike uh, up to Capitol Hill today for his testimony in front of Congress. He probably would have pulled a Pete Buttigieg and uh, tried it if he thought he could get away with it. Who did? Somebody over in uh, Europe did it just recently at some kind of a conference. She got out of her limo about 12 feet from the place where the meeting was taking place, and she rode her bike. But anyway, uh, Big John Kerry was up there to spread fear today. That was obvious. And I'm guessing that nothing he said surprised H. Sterling Burnett, who's a regular guest here and a managing editor of Heartland Institute. He joins us now. Sterling, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me again, John. It's uh, he, he gives us so much fodder. I know. Uh, I got it all right here for you. <laughs> Would uh, First of all, uh, someone who's involved in this every day, when you watch either watch a hearing like this or if you just see some of the highlights, do you get the feeling that you would have liked to have been there to respond to his answers? Like to say, excuse me, you know, and, and try to actually get him to um, prove what he's saying or back up what he's saying? You know, to be fair, not just his answers. I, I watched, I watched, you know, the introductory introduction to the hearings, right, where all the different congressmen on the subcommittee uh, and the committee, yeah. the larger committee, get their say, right? Right. And the ranking member, the Democrat from Colorado, Jason Crow, his opening statement was chock full of falsehoods. <laughs> he just lied. Now, he either doesn't know the truth, in which case he probably shouldn't be talking at all, or he does, and he just doesn't care about the truth. He wants his media moment because he said uh, in his area – they know climate change is happening because it's hard to pay your electric bills when 110 degree temperatures week after week after week. There's no place in the continental United States where it's been 110 degrees for multiple weeks every day. It's he said, and he said okay. that week after week. And he as, said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said week after week after week. It's like, hold it. Where do you live, hell? Because <laughs> I didn't know you represented that part of Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. There, there actually is a hell in South Dakota. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's in, it's in uh, the, the Badlands. But, yeah, I hear it's uh, nice this time I, of I year, though. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having, having been there, I can yeah. tell you, nice is not the word I yeah. describe it. Well, here's the thing, um, uh, and you mentioned right away, it starts out with uh, uh, um, someone uh, who's asking the questions, starting off with untruths and exaggeration. Does any of this stuff work? Without exaggeration, because because that what you just said there—that's a perfect example of somebody. It was 110 degrees for a day or two in a few places, and this guy takes that and goes with when you have 103, 110 degree temperatures week after week, and and says it with a straight face. And that's the kind of stuff that happens yeah, yeah, every yeah. day. Week week after week in a place where it didn't hit 110 at all. Right. <laughs> he doesn't represent Arizona or no. Texas. Right. He, he, he represents. Uh, Colorado. That didn't happen there. Uh, it's just, um, no, you're right. It wouldn't sell at all if they, if they stuck to the truth. If, if they only reported what is factual, if they only said, uh, my, uh, my, re- you know, my, uh, my voters, my constituents have a trouble paying their bills 
when the temperature is, well, slightly above where it is in most summers, um, uh, but then it's fallen back since then. Yeah. So uh, I really don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it comes a, becomes a pretty big, boring question, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, 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 if they have to report uh, hurricanes, well, they actually haven't increased in number and severity. Uh, so let's move on to the next question. Then, then you're not... If you, if you don't generate fear, you don't motivate people to demand action, which is what Carrie and uh, one, of the, one of the questioners uh, uh, on, the, on the panel, he called them grifters. He's a grifter, and that's what all grifters do. Mm-hmm. They're con men. And how do you con? You don't con by telling the truth. You con by telling a lie and, and making it appear sciencey. Well, here um, now. This is. A, I'm going to give you some quotes from John Kerry. This is. Yeah. I saw this uh, somewhere online. I think it was USA Today's website. This is. This is from a one minute and twenty five second clip from uh, USA Today that he said all these things in a minute and twenty five seconds. I'm going to run a few of them by you, and this is how he started. We're pursuing a common sense solution. After all, we're looking at something that is human-created as a statement, okay? That's, that's one. No. Oh, you want me to respond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point point. Okay. I mean, he, 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 that's the premise he starts his, with. His, his, his common-sense solution comes after he admits that it's a global problem and that uh, China alone is emitting more emissions than... Uh, every industrialized, developed country on Earth by itself and building more coal-fired power plants mm-hmm. as we speak, one a week. Mm-hmm. So how it makes sense for the U.S. to go net zero and to make that the dominant theme of all of our uh, – remember, he's in the State Department – all of our uh, negotiations with countries around the world, uh, thank you, China, you keep industrializing and we'll become poor. That's not common sense. In addition, it's not the case. It, it is the case that humans are probably contributing to the current climate change. There's no evidence whatsoever that it's a crisis. Right. There is no crisis. A crisis implies weather is worsening. It's not. That's what the data shows. Well, here's another one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Quote, since 1988, things that you take for granted are destroying the planet. Now, my question there is that what jumped out of me on that at me on that one is 1988. Why not 1989, 87? Could you want to take a stab at why he picked 1988? Yeah, because that's the year that uh, uh, James Hansen testified for the first time in Congress at uh, Al Gore's hearing that humans were causing climate change. Okay, but so, so you pick the date where uh, the godfather of climate change claims climate change is happening and humans are causing it. Okay. But, you know, my, my question would be was, what do you mean things that you take for granted? If you were taking them for granted, but they weren't destroying the planet before? I, I don't know what that means. Well, I, I'm guessing he's, he would throw, he would, one of the things he would throw in there as a thing that we take for granted, a new one, would be gas stoves. They're now destroying the planet. So he, I'm, I'm sure if you would have been asked ah. to specify... Yeah, okay, but but he could have specified he didn't. So I I got no idea what he's really talking about, but if he meant gas stoves and automobiles and, and air conditioners, you mean the things that make life better. Yeah. You mean those. the things like air conditioning that make the South largely habitable, 
that other countries want refrigeration, which keeps our food from spoiling, so we don't have millions of people, as we used to, dying from foodborne illnesses because of rotting food. <laughs> uh, you mean those kinds of things? Yeah, those. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, well, I'll certainly give those up to prevent the planet from warming by an extra degree 100 years from now. Yeah. Now, here's another. Now, remember now, this is, these are all things that he said within a space of a minute and 25 seconds. Quote, yeah. we lose 8 million people a year to poor air quality. Where do you think he pulled that number from? I don't think I'm allowed to say where I think he pulled that number from <laughs> on the air. I set you up for that um, one. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've got no idea. He made it up whole cloth. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. He may he may point to some study that says poor air quality, but first, a it has nothing to do with climate change, uh, climate related deaths and suboptimum temperature related deaths are way down ninety nine percent over the century, and air pollution is declining. So, uh, what you'll find is a downward trend in. Uh, deaths related to air quality if you can tie any of those previous deaths to air quality so i i really think he just made that number up and that, i'd be hard pressed for him to actually produce yeah hard data that shows that but see when when someone sits in front of congress and, and throws that out there especially with a serious look on his face and that voice of john Kerry's and says eight million they just nod People, the Democrats at least, are just, oh, that's right. I, he's, he's right. They don't, they, they don't know if it's 8 million, 1 million, or 80 million. Well, to be fair, they were going to nod no matter what he said. Right. If, it, if he had said 800 billion. That's what I mean, yeah. They would have thought, they would have thought that there were probably 20 billion people on the planet. You know, mm. They would nod whatever he said because they were going to rubber stamp his testimony. My question is, and I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't see this, if before he started his testimony he was sworn before Congress, because mm-hmm. if he said that, he lied. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and, and that could be prosecutable. They will prosecute him. But here's here's again uh, another quote, and this is you know before he um, he could almost not have he hadn't taken a breath yet. This is a quote. Yeah. We're seeing that the combination of what's a good one. We're seeing that the combination of warming mixing with the emissions piling up in this level of atmosphere ab- above the Earth. And it prevents normal cooling from taking place. That's a, I, I've not heard that one before, but maybe maybe you have, and you want to take a shot at that one. Uh, well, you know, I guess I'm not sure what normal cooling means. Yeah. In in what context? If he means the nighttime lows are not getting as low as they did a few decades ago, that's probably true. If he means winters. Uh, you know, we're not having as many late season frost, crop killing late freezing frost. That's certainly true. Uh, but it's not stopping snow from falling. It's not stopping sub-zero temperatures. It's not stopping extreme weather in the form of cold types of weather from occurring. And more importantly, to the extent that it is lessening that type of cooling in the atmosphere that he's so concerned about, it's a good thing because cold kills far more people every year than heat. And here's another one, again, the first minute and 25, all taken from one soundbite, basically. The warming is totally documented. Everybody knows it's happening. I like. I think the key word there is everybody. 
Well, I don't know anybody who claims that it's, it hasn't warmed over the past century and a half. So, you know, I, I uh, what's so I think that he's he, that's probably the only thing he said that he's on solid ground with. Okay, it's warming. It's pretty well documented. Anyone who doesn't acknowledge that it's warmed, I think uh, I'd be leery of, uh, you know, I wouldn't put them on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what matters. The, what matters is whether the warming can be uh, primarily or solely attributed to human causes and whether it's bad for us. Right. Generally, historically, historically, warmer periods, and there have been many warmer periods than now, we're better for human life and all life than colder periods. Well, I just uh, yeah, I just saw someone today. Uh, his name is Polymer. Um, uh, he's Polymer. a um, I, I can't think of his name right now. I don't have it in front of me. But he was talking about how if you it depends on how far you want to go back. You want to go back 150 years. Or you want to go back 150 thousand years, and then uh, and talk about cooling and warming. And he explained how it's you know it's gone up and down, but. For you, uh, and we're talking to H. Sterling Burnett, he's uh, the managing editor at the Heartland Institute. Here's a headline from the Washington Post on July 4th, Sterling. Quote, this July 4 was hot, Earth's hottest day on record. In fact, uh, in fact, that period, that's what they said. Is that a fact? That is not a fact. Uh, <laughs> they were, to, to be fair to the Washington Post, they weren't the only ones that bought into this, uh, this falsehood. It was everywhere, this, yeah. Know, yeah, it was everywhere. And uh, within two days, had they bothered to ask Noah, oh, is this a fact? Is this based on data? Uh, Noah said, we can't confirm this. There's there's no way. And if you looked at the actually reported temperatures on that date around the world, the average temperature was not the highest, even in recorded history. You know, let's say for the past 120 to 150 years. But they made claims, you know, Forbes and some others, the, the headlines were the warmest in, in the past 125,000 years. Oh, yeah. Years. Uh, many, and, of, know, many, you know, many media many outlets of, claimed that, yeah. I forget how good the satellite coverage was 125,000 yeah. years ago, but yeah. I don't think it was that good. <laughs> right. I, I forget how many thermometers we had sitting around 125,000 years ago, but I don't think there were that many. So uh, the claims were ludicrous. They weren't based on official government data. They were based on, if you want to call it data, a re, something called the Climate Reanalyzer out of the University of Maine. And they quickly put a, 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 their own disclaimer on their website after they started getting so much blowback from it. So uh, what they did is they took a lot of disparate kinds of data and they produced a graphic. Now, mind you, to be fair to U- University of Maine, they didn't publicize it. They just put it up, this graphic that showed a spike in temperature. And someone noticed it, and then the media picked up on it, and they ran with the hottest day ever claim. Hottest day in recorded history, some of them said. So they only go back since sort of uh, some semblance of global temperature system was in place. But others went back five, ten thousand, 10,000, up to 125, 150,000 years. And there is no basis at all for that claim. No, and and, uh, and it's ludicrous. I mean, you know, this cop asked an editor. Someone, someone wrote this seriously. The headline, right? In fact, right? Someone wrote it, and the editor signed off on it, Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, "Hold it, is that a fact? Did we get three sources? 
can we actually confirm this with any actual source of data? Well, anybody who disagrees is a is a uh, is a Neanderthal or some kind of a conspiracy theorist. You're well, not allowed to disagree on this. Evidently, the people that know are Neanderthals and conspiracy theorists, since they promptly disagreed, and the AP didn't issue a retraction, but they did update their story with a paragraph from Noah saying, we couldn't confirm this, that's not what the data show. Well, uh, Sterling, I'm out of time. I'm glad you are around to uh, run this stuff by, because John Kerry just got to spew it in Congress in front of Congress today, and most people will only see what he said, and they'll be nodding their heads uh, but they need to listen to people like you. I'm glad you're on on the show today and uh, hope to have you on again. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, John. Take care. All right. That's Star- H. Sterling Burnett. He's managing editor at Heartland Institute. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Multiple tornadoes wreak damage in the Chicago area. Tornado sirens sounded Wednesday night, warning people in the Chicago area to take shelter. At Chicago's O'Hare Airport, hundreds of flights were disrupted. There were no immediate reports of injuries, but plenty of downed power lines, trees, branches, and buildings damaged. Rajan Patel was shaken. His family came to the area in the 1990s with nothing, and now the motel they own is severely damaged. The entire place is ruined. Audio courtesy Lynn Becker and WLS-TV. I'm Jennifer King. No fingerprints or DNA turned up on the baggie of cocaine found in the West Wing lobby last week. That's despite a sophisticated FBI crime lab analysis and surveillance footage of the area did not identify a suspect. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 52 points and the Nasdaq up 201. This is SRN News. Attention, your money is now controlled by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, and tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000-800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. Dr. Sebastian Gorka knows why it's Trump. Why President Trump is the one. You know the simplest answer? Because the establishment hates him on both sides. The Democrats hate him because the working class loves him. The Republican establishment hates him because they can't control him. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented My Pillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The My Pillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original My Pillow, and now with a brand new fabric 
that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. TV news. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. An evening thunderstorm, then clouds for tonight, low 65. Partly sunny, humid Friday, a thunderstorm in the afternoon in spots, high 85. Tomorrow night, mainly clear, a low 66. Clouds and some sun on Saturday with a thunderstorm, the high 87. Partial sunshine on Sunday, humid high 83 and a high 82 for Monday. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. You don't have to spend a lot of time on the Internet or watching news to find glaring examples of why parents shouldn't have to be stuck with sending their kids to bad public schools. Pennsylvania's Governor Josh Shapiro sent his kids to private school. I think he went to one himself, and he promised during the campaign last year to create a voucher program for uh, parents to help uh, get their kids out of bad schools, but he weaseled out of it. Jonathan Tobin of The Federalist says it's the same old story. He joins us now. Jonathan, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, John. So the headline of your piece is, uh, quote, Pennsylvania's school choice sellout shows teachers unions still own the Democrats. So to what degree do they own the Democrats? Well, um, far more than I think many of us would like to admit or even contemplate. Um, you know, we, we saw how the teachers unions um, really influenced the CDC, our national COVID policy to keep schools closed uh, when they should have been open long ago. In fact, it probably never should have been closed. But what we saw um, in the last couple of weeks in Pennsylvania is a demonstration of raw political power that we don't often get. I mean, in, in this day and age, usually things Things like this used to go on sort of more openly in the sort of the days of the old boss politics uh, of smoke-filled rooms when, in fact, you know, there were no secrets about that. Now everybody tends to be above these sorts of things. But when John Shapiro just folded like an accordion, when um, the AFT and the, the, you know, and the uh, other teachers union demanded that he uh, he line-eyed and veto the school choice proposal that he had negotiated with the with the Senate Republicans in Harrisburg, and, and let's let's also say this was kind of a very watered down proposal. Um, it was limited, uh, you know, only to the, the people who were students in the 
and families in the worst schools in the state, which means it's concentrated in places like Philadelphia and other parts of the state where the schools, you know, there's no doubt that they're failing. Pittsburgh. It's collapsing. Yep. Pittsburgh as well, yes. And, and other, you know, and, and frankly, not just in urban areas, but in other places where the public schools are failing, although principally in, in these big cities. And, um, you know, he ran on it. You, you mentioned the fact, as I did in my, in my column, you know, he is himself a product of, of Jewish day schools, sent his kids to Jewish day schools. One of our daughters was, you know, his daughter and, and one of my, and my daughter was in the same class at one point a long time ago. So, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people should be able to choose um, the schooling that fits their family's values the best, as Josh Shapiro did. But Democrats who talk about helping the poor, who talk about having concern for the poor and wanting to help them, but who act when it comes to children who are being trapped in failing schools because the parents don't have the resources that others of us have to, to choose a, a private school, a religious school, some kind of school with a special skill. You know, they're, they're hard-hearted. They act like their children, you know, like, like these poor kids are not made in the image of God like theirs are. And it's, it's just an amazing hypocrisy. We saw that with Barack Obama, and now we see it with Josh Shapiro. Of course, we shouldn't be surprised, those of us who have been following Josh's career, uh, which has gone on a long time, even though he's still a very young man. Um, you know, he's always been a political trickster. Everybody should remember in 2000, after the 2006 election when, you know, uh, there was a one-vote Democratic majority, and he cut a deal with the Republicans so he could be deputy speaker. You know, and, and yet he survived it because he's such a smart political player and he seems to have, you know, people say Trump is Teflon. You know, he's, he, nobody's as Teflon as Josh Shapiro. But what happened here is that, you know, he put his finger up into the wind as he does about everything. And certainly it was to his interest to run on the school choice proposal last year when he was against a very, you know, a, a, a Republican candidate, Mastriano, who was perceived as being on the far right. So that enabled him to sidle over to the center. He had no primary opponent. He had worked that out very nicely. And, you know, when it comes to election rhetoric, um, the teachers' unions don't mind when, when, uh, when, their, uh, when their clients uh, go off the reservation. When it comes to policy, no dice. He, you, know, that, you know, he negotiated in bad faith all along. You know, if I have any, you know, criticism of the uh, state Senate Republicans is that they believed him. And we're actually surprised you know, when he betrayed them at the last minute. Yeah, that was um, going to be a question. Everything in his, sorry, you know, uh, that, everything that, in his career. Yeah, yeah. Go sorry, ahead, I, I was just going to say uh, that uh, was there ever any reason for anybody to believe that he ever had any intention of keeping the promise? Personally, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hope springs eternal. You know, we're supposed to believe in the best of people, and uh, you know, sometimes we're we're, we're happily surprised. And I suppose there was a theoretical chance that he meant it. Um, and in fact, had he, if he were a, a, you know, a politician of principle, a man of principle, he could have easily stood his ground. He's in very strong position to sort of triangulate, you know, do the old Bill Clinton trick of sidling to the center um, and telling the teachers unions and the woke left, no, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to do what's right for the people. What's right? For, for the for the people who are disadvantaged, he could have done that. He has the political strength. He, he was reelected. You know, he was he's newly elected. It's a long time until 2026. 
um, it's a little too early for him to start being fearful of, uh, you know, a left-wing primary opponent, especially in a state like uh, Pennsylvania, where centrist Democrats or, or Democrats like Shapiro and Bob Casey, who pretend to be centrist, um, they usually do pretty well. Um, so he didn't have to do this. But so strong is the pull of the teachers unions. You know, they are the major donors to the Democrats. They supply a lot of the political muscle in terms of activism and organization um, that he did not dare defy them when it came down to it. And that's such a tragedy for, for Pennsylvanians and uh, the kids who are going to be cheated out of what, you know, out of a, of a chance to escape the, the school system that the teachers unions are perfectly happy to preside over um, and, and to continue to see fail. I also uh, thought it was interesting uh, in your piece, and we're talking to Jonathan Tobin of The Federalist. Um, in, in your piece, uh, you you mentioned that the unions had to be promised if this thing were going to go through, as it, as, as it ended up not going through. But mm-hmm. if, if it had, even the terrible schools that you just described a minute ago, even if they lost students because parents decided they wanted to get their kids out of there, they wouldn't lose any funding. So if, if, you know, everybody in the school said, hey, we don't have to go here, and they left, and there were two kids left in the school, they'd still get the same funding they got last year. That's what they were promised. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's absolutely right. Now, I, I reference the fact that it has been watered down, and that's, that's the water, <laughs> principal water that I'm referring to. And, you know, the, the genius of school choice, where it's allowed to work, is, you know, it's the genius of the market. Uh, people will send their kids to the best schools. I mean, when it comes to the interests of their kids, they'll do what's in their kids' interest. And if the public schools are, are, are good or, or the best, they'll send their kids there. And if they're forced to compete against other schools, if they're not good and they're forced to compete against other schools, they'll lose students and should lose funding. You know, the, these inner city schools, you know, they don't lack for funds. That is the least of their problems. In fact, it is not one of their problems. They're... they're you know, the cost uh, that we're spending per student in some of the worst schools is the highest cost. So this was this was a really tough compromise that the sponsors of this bill were forced to accept. Um, it, it really kept, you know, the, the public school system harmless. But the principle of the issue is much more important to me. It's sort of like NARAL on abortion. They will not consent to even the most moderate, the most reasonable you know, restriction on abortion, you know, even in the last weeks of, of a pregnancy, because the principle is they want abortions to be legal under any and all circumstances. And the teachers unions are the same when it comes to any money going to so-called private and parochial schools. But, you know, the truth is these are public schools, too. And they were always treated as public schools until the late 19th century when a wave of religious prejudice against Catholics changed our national ideas about what schools should be funded, and um, private and religious, religious schools lost their funding. Um, I think that's a mistake. I think these schools deserve funding. I think the, the funds should follow the students, not the teachers and the administrators. Well, uh, school choice is favored by most Pennsylvania voters. I think all of the polls show that, uh, including yeah. Democrats, uh, does, and, and especially black Democrats. Um, does that mean union money just trumped the, uh, trumped the will of the people? And that's, oh, you bet it did. But see, here's what I don't <laughs> understand. Okay, so here's what I don't understand. Um, I, I, now, you, you uh, know a lot more about this stuff than I do. So this is, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, 
the reason that you want money from uh, the the unions, the, the amount of money that they get, is because you turn that money into votes. That's one way or another. You use that for your advertising. That's that's what political money is used for to help you get votes. Well, if the votes are there for the opposite of what the union is pushing, why does their money trump what you should know is the will of the people? Do you know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're making an excellent point, and it's part of the reason why I said Josh Shapiro could have told the, the unions to stuff it. He didn't because union money, you know, going to the Democrats is more than just, you know, funding to pay for a campaign ad. It is the Democratic Party structure. In fact, it, it, it's really more than money. Uh, people like Randy Weingarten, the awful president, the national president of the American Federation of Teachers, which is one of the two guilty parties in this uh, pressure game against Shapiro. She is a major player in the Democratic Party. You defy her. At your, you know, at your peril, if you're a Democrat, even a so-called moderate Democrat like Shapiro. So if for him to run afoul of them, to challenge them publicly, means that the sort of the, the weight of activism, the energy in the Democratic Party could, in theory, be aligned against them. Now, again, I say, if you were a man of principle, if you were actually a man with an eye toward, you know, national politics and the idea of, sort of um, returning to a more Clintonian version as opposed to a woke version of the Democratic Party, it would be in his interest to do so. But he is a member of the Democratic Party that is now. And in fact, he's always been. I mean, he's the same, you know, he's the same guy that promised the Jewish community in 2008 that Barack Obama would be the best friend that Israel ever had. <laughs> you know, this is the guy who's, who's willing to go with the hard left whenever, you know, it suits his purposes. He is a, you know, he, he's a guy that goes wherever the energy is in the Democratic Party. That's where he is. And so, again, it's more than just, you know, campaign finance. It's the will. It's the activism. It's the, the muscle of the Democratic Party as it currently is constituted. It's not like a bunch of ward leaders, union guys. You know, it's not the Democratic Party that nominated John Kennedy. It's a Democratic Party that, you know, nominated some, you know, that's perfectly okay with Summer Lee representing Pittsburgh in, in Congress. Well, uh, uh, a socialist. They like to call her yeah. a social, a Democrat, what is it, socialist, uh, Democrat socialist, but she, Democratic socialist. Yeah, she's yeah, a socialist. You call her, you know, yeah. or progressive, as they, yeah. some yeah. of they pre them prefer. It doesn't matter what you call them. We know what, what this is. This yeah. is a hard left ideological party, and Josh Shapiro fears them. Um, and on a certain level, he's right to because they are the power in the Democratic Party right now. Joe Biden fears them. Joe Biden was elected as a so-called moderate, and he's governed. You know, he's he's acted like he's enthralled to the hard left every moment he's been in the White House. So, you know, I guess we should not expect better of a mere governor of Pennsylvania. But I guess it would have been nice if we could have. Yeah, and and Pennsylvania's not unique on this issue, is it? I mean, this is as you mentioned, Obama. This this is a national problem. It's the same everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Obama just because it was such an egregious example back in, I guess, in in two thousand nine, and then you know throughout his first term, there was a debate that Congress had passed a school choice plan for the District of Columbia, which is you know, federal territory, and it allowed um, a certain number of um, poor kids to go to some of the elite schools in the district, like Sidwell Friends, where, you know, Sasha and Obama went. Right. And Barack Obama, the great friend of, of you know, the, the representative of African-American ambitions, the friend of the poor, 
you know, he was behind quashing that bill. I mean, that, that program ended. There were no more, you know, poor kids going to Sidwell, you know, uh, through that program because of Obama. And, you know, so what could be a greater example of hypocrisy? It happens all over, all over the country. It's wherever school choice has been, this battle has been fought and it's being fought everywhere. It's, you know, we're, we're, you know uh, those, the school choice movement has had some victories lately and, and you know, in, in some states. But uh, here in Pennsylvania, when we should have had victory, um, or at least a compromise, um, you know, it, it just showed, I mean, the bottom line here, you know, it's not that like, well, Josh Shapiro, I mean, we're surprised that he's a, you know, a, you know, a, a sharp political player who has no principles. Everybody knows that. It's that the union, the, the teachers' unions are more powerful than I think even some of their critics um, thought. And I think this this particular example um, illustrates that as as well as anything could. We're talking to Jonathan Tobin. He's uh, the se- a senior contributor at the Federalist, a columnist for Newsweek. Um, so here, this is the one thing that the Republicans should be able to take a big chunk out of the uh, black Democrat voters with this 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 issue. Why is it, it taking should. so Why is it taking so long for it to happen? Because it hasn't happened yet, and this has been the case for at least twenty years. Uh, more, really, more than that. But, yeah. you know, you're right. Um, it it was a it's a great issue for for Republicans to run with. Um, I wrote that. I remember when Trump was um, in his first year, and he you know he uh, had his, his Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, who was much criticized by the left, but she was an ardent advocate of of uh, school choice. And I I wrote a column then in the New York Post about like you know Trump, this is an issue you can run with. But, it, you know, it, it inevitably, education reform seems to be something that only the wonks care about. Too many in the National Republican Party especially are much more concerned, you know, frankly, with power and, you know, with uh, you know, wars. You know, you know the, the ones, you know, they're, they're now, you know, Mitch McConnell thinks the most important thing in the world is, is the war in Ukraine. And that could right. certainly be debated. But I, I would argue that Republicans should be working on fixing this country uh, here reforming those elements of, of our infrastructure and, you know, our, our education system, which has been overrun by, you know, the woke ideologues. Uh, school choice is now actually much more important now than it was, you know, 30 years ago when these battles were first being fought. When I was a young reporter, I, I covered a battle in Connecticut where school choice failed by one vote in, in the state assembly there. And, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, it's only a matter of time, but here we are 30 years later and, you know, um, the forces on the left opposing this are still not only strong, but really focused on this issue, and Republicans still not. Well, Jonathan, I'm out of time. I'm glad you wrote the piece. I hope a lot of people get to read it at thefederalist.com. Hope to have you back on the show again. Well, thanks very much. It's been great to be with you. All right, that's Jonathan Tobin of The Federalist, and we will be right back. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. 
Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-455-8465 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465 to get started today. You get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465. Or go to FreedomCare.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses in nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done Text RON to 99799 and I'll send you my free training. I promise you I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, RON to 99799. Experts are saying the biggest economic implosion is coming. Where's your money right now? In real estate? The stock market? Or heaven forbid, a bank? Those in the know are calling Swiss America, a leader in precious metals for over 40 years. Your financial advisor says metals don't earn interest. You'll never beat inflation without taking huge risks. And advisors hate precious metals because they can't make money off it. With your money safely stashed in precious metals, you can insulate yourself from the coming crash. To help get you started, Swiss America is offering beautiful U.S. silver walking Liberty half dollars at the amazingly low price of just $13.50 each. Delivered. Limit 250 coins per customer while supplies last. To take advantage of this deal, call or text 800-630-1495. That's silver walking Liberty half dollars for just $13.50 each delivered to your door while supplies last. Help protect your assets today. Call or text 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. Message and data rates may apply. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, there was an interesting and a nice moment last night at the ESPYs, which I wouldn't watch if I were in solitary confinement in prison, but I happened to see the clip. Uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, invited uh, the uh, medical staff of the Buffalo Bills to come up to accept an award, uh, the Pat Tillman Award for Special Service, because they saved his life on the field during a football game back in January. And so I saw that, and I put up on Twitter today, that was a nice moment last night. A great moment at the ESPYs with DeMar Hamlin still would be nice if we knew what caused his heart to stop. And I got this from Jordan Rooney, who's a uh, an NFL marketing guy and a guy from Pittsburgh I'm not familiar with, but he uh, this is his response. You used to be respected in the Pittsburgh media. Now I'd imagine your grandkids haven't been over to your house in a few years. Your grandpa tweeted something crazy again is what they hear at school. Save them and yourself, John, from more embarrassment. What's really funny about this, I have grandkids, uh, four, four grandsons, who are all in college. And every time I see them, you know what they say to me? 
my friends love your Twitter feed. <laughs> and all I was doing was just ask the question. DeMar Hamlin, everybody's gr- glad he's doing great. He might play again this year. Just ask the question. That's all. And so I don't know about Jordan Rooney if he has grandkids, but when he has them, I hope they like his Twitter feed as much as mine like mine. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van.